0: Thank you for listening. Visit www.cityhillglobal.com to find out more about City Hill Church. It says here For I deliver to you as of first importance what I also received that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that He was buried, that He was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. And that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than five hundred brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. Thank you, Jesus, that you didn't just die. You died. You were buried. And we were raised again into new life. We thank you for this reality and this truth. We thank you as we look at the message of Easter. Lord, we celebrate this time. We remember what happened. And Lord, we rejoice because our King is on the throne. I pray today, even as we look at your, your narrative, as it were, of Easter, I pray that you would come and speak to our hearts today. I pray, Lord, that doubts will be dealt with, Lord. I pray today that the hearts that are hardened will be softened. I pray the Spirit of God will come and sweep across this room, but also, Lord, across the city. May the city of Dubai recognize and acknowledge that resurrected Jesus Christ. I ask this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. So here's the thing. If we find out that Jesus Christ didn't die, it wasn't buried, and the tomb wasn't empty, and Jesus wasn't raised from the dead, which means the resurrection of Jesus Christ didn't happen, then to all Christians here, if you are Christian, raise up your hand. Great. All of you, if we find out that that's that didn't happen, Jesus Christ didn't die, wasn't raised from the dead, then we should agree what we are doing here is a waste of time. We should agree that we shouldn't be spending money, effort, time doing everything that we are doing. If we find out that Jesus wasn't raised from the dead, then the church is useless. The church doesn't matter. We should all wrap up and go and do stuff out there. And actually, the Bible says we are to be pitied. People should feel sorry for us because we are following something. It's an illusion. But what if it really happened? And with this, I want to appeal to those who haven't really acknowledged Jesus Christ, that if it truly did happen, I challenge you to rethink your position. I challenge you to rethink where you are right now. And if there's an adjustment that needs to be made, and you are to make it. But the way I want to deal with this is I want to go and with this, the Easter narrative from the Garden of Gethsemane all the way to when Jesus Christ appeared before many. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus Christ, knowing very well what was coming, knowing very well that he was to be arrested, he was going to be arrested, and he was going to be tortured. And let me just say this. Some of the imagery, some of the things I'm going to say, if, you, if there are children around, is going to be quite gruesome. So be warned of the content of the message. Jesus Christ, before he was arrested, he spent the whole night with his disciples in the Garden of Gethsemane, as we are told by Scripture, and he was praying. Jesus was, he said, my, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Why would he say that? Because he was overwhelmed, anticipating what was to come, which was the death of Jesus. And as he was there... He called on his disciples to spend time praying, to pray for what was gonna happen. And he went back. The Bible tells us that he he would go further somewhere and go and pray and come back again to see if disciples are still around, and you'll find these guys were sleeping. He will go again, come back, they're sleeping. He'll wake them up and say, Pray. He'll go, he'll come back, they were sleeping again. And Jesus was praying. And the Bible tells us that he was praying. And they witnessed his sweat turning into blood. It was a blood sweat coming out of him. You might say, whoa, 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 whoa. I think that's exaggeration. There is no such a thing as your sweat becoming blood. Actually, it is true. There's a condition that is called hematidrosis. Whoa, don't repeat that word. Hematidrosis is literally blood Sweat. There's a story or an article that was written in 2013 of a lady in America who was 18 years old and she experienced this hematidrosis, and blood was coming out of her eyes, also on her forehead, on her, her belly button, and actually even on her fingertips. Because she was experiencing what they call intense level of stress. This is what Jesus would have been experiencing. Some of the, the thin, small blood vessels would have ruptured because of what was happening, the pain of the anticipation, the sorrow that he was feeling at that point in time. So although this is a rare condition, that it doesn't happen all the time, history records how this has been happening and it's still happening right now. So Jesus already, he's body would have been very, very sensitive because of, because of what he was already experiencing. The story today, the Bible tells us that right from there, they, they, the soldiers arrived and they captured Jesus and he appeared before Pilate. And when he appeared before Pilate, it was ruled that Jesus Christ should be crucified and there was a criminal called Barabbas. He said, release Barabbas and crucify Jesus Christ. And Jesus was now having to face crucifixion. But Jesus didn't just go from there, from Pilate to the cross. Jesus had to experience the scourging of the Romans. They had to flock Him first before He was to be taken to the cross. But you got to realize that at this, at this scourge, a lot happens there because a the crowd gathers around you to witness. Because the Romans want to make a statement of what is happening, they want to be feared. So, for that to happen, they will announce that someone is about to be scourged or is about to be flogged, and people around the community will gather to come and witness what is going to happen. And literally, what they will do is they will tie a prisoner or a victim around a pole in such a way. That the person's back is literally exposed. And they will use what they call a braided leather, a whip with braided leather, braided leather thongs, but don't go on the internet and type leather thongs. Be warned. But that's what they will use. This whip will have these braided leather thongs, And basically what would happen is they will, inside, sometimes they'll put bones so that when they actually hit someone, the impact is so severe. But sometimes they will put metal balls. And literally what they will do is they will expose the person's back. And at least, minimum two people, Roman soldiers experienced at flogging people, they'll stand there and flog the person. And basically, what would happen is that as they flog you, the metal balls will tenderize your flesh. And as the metal balls tenderize your flesh, the leather will split your flesh open. That's what would happen. And they will literally hit you so hard and they will be, you will be screaming and nobody will hear you because the crowd around, are, they are screaming as well. So our King, Jesus Christ, would have been exposed to that and they will flog and flog and flog and there will be blood splattering everywhere. Not only that, it is said that a lot of people never made it from there. People used to die just at the flogging of the Roman soldiers they used to die from what they call hypovolemic shock. Hypo means low, vol for volume, emic for blood. So low blood volume, because blood will be coming out of literally everywhere. The person will be screaming and nobody will be hearing you. They're exposed and you will be flogged tirelessly. But this is what they say about... A third century historian says about this kind of Roman flogging. He says, his name is Eusebius. This is how he describes it. He says, The sufferer's veins were laid bare, and the very muscles, sinews, and bowels of the victim were open to exposure. This is someone who writes, who's very close to the time of the account of Jesus Christ being flogged. And, and, What happens with hypervolemic shock is that the victim's heart will begin to pump at a pace as he's been flogged, but you'll pump really hard and try to pump blood that is not there. Secondly, you'll experience a severe, very, very low blood pressure. Thirdly, your kidneys will try to produce urine But wouldn't produce enough, so it will keep the urine that is there in in your kidneys. And lastly, the person will thirst. That's why Jesus later says on the cross, I thirst. Just when you think this is enough, as many said, people will not, some people never used to be able to, to survive post this flogging. Jesus Christ would have been taken from that place all the way up to the cross. And what they will do is they will tie what they call a patibulum, which is a, a crossbar like this. is very rough. His body is shredded because of having been whipped. And now they would tie this piece of wood like this from this arm to this arm. And he will literally have to walk with a piece of wood that is tied around his back. And he will walk and everyone would be walking around and they'll be shouting. And the Bible tells us that Jesus was struggling to walk to a point that a man called Simon had to come and was asked by the Roman soldiers to come and help him so that he can make it to the cross. And when he arrived and he got to the cross, basically they will lay him down, he will face up and they will use that same cross but the horizontal crossbar of the cross they will put that down and they will literally stretch his arms to a point that they can reach to his wrist and they will literally put his wrist like this and they will drive roman nails through Jesus wrist both sides And at this point, the pain is extremely severe because the bag is exposed. The bag is shredded. The bones, everything—you can—it's just too hard to even fathom. And then they will lift the person, having just done this, they will lift the person with the patibulum, and they will literally attach this to a vertical bar. And this vertical bar is already installed in the ground, and they will put him there as he's hanging. And His feet, they will put nails through that. Jesus Christ, hanging on the cross like this, for many people, they don't even make it to this point. And He's hanging there. The pain was so severe that a term was even coined excruciating, which literally means from the cross. It was so severe for people to bear that sometimes, history records that some people will literally have stuff running out everywhere. Which means there will be tears, there will be sweat, there will be blood everywhere, and there will be urinating, and also even feces will come out because of the extreme pain that they will be feeling at this point in time. Thereafter, as he's hanging on the cross, people are speaking. They're cursing him. They're speaking against him. But as he's hanging there, if you understand really well, he's hanging like this. He's already gone through everything that he's gone through. Jesus Christ would have had to try and breathe. And it's very hard to breathe from that position. Apparently, it's very easy to exhale, but it's not easy to inhale. And as you try to inhale, what you are doing is you are ripping your skin and you are ripping yourself from the nerves and everything. Because you have to literally rest on your knees and on the nails that are on your feet to try and lift yourself up. And every time you did this, you ripped everything. And people used to do it at least twice to try and have a, like a real big breathe a couple of times. they never made it because people will die of asphyxiation asphyxiation literally means that there's no oxygen that's going into your lungs which means your lungs are not able to receive enough oxygen and what happens to the person is that they collapse and they die that is why by the time the roman soldier came to witness what had happened and to see if jesus was still alive Jesus Christ, having said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they are doing. Into your hands I give my life. Having said the statements, why have you forsaken me? Having done that, he passed. And the Roman soldier came and they literally saw that Jesus Christ had already died. And even so, they wanted to make sure they literally shoved a spear through his side. The Bible records that what looked like blood and water came out of his side. That's what happens. I'm not experienced in human anatomy, but apparently that's what happens. You'll have a fluid coming out, and then you'll have blood, and that's it. He had already died, but they were making sure. Now, did you really die? Three things. The first thing is, according to human anatomy, there is no way a human being would escape such incredible scourging and crucifixion and everything that Jesus has gone through. No man would ever escape something like that. Number two, the Roman soldiers would have been very, very experienced at killing people. This is something they did. For work, they knew how to kill someone, so they knew exactly what to do in order to kill Jesus. Thirdly, if a criminal was found to not have died on the cross or before the cross at the time of the scourging and the crucifixion, those Roman soldiers would themselves have been killed. So the conclusion is Jesus Christ. They made sure that he actually died. That's something they did really well. They were experienced at doing it, and they literally killed him. And the Bible tells us as we move along with this story that a man called Joseph of Arimathea took the body of Jesus to bury the body of Jesus, and he was buried at Joseph's tomb. That's where Jesus was buried, and he died. He was, he was buried on a Friday like this. Saturday came. Silence. Disciples scattered around, scared of what had just happened. Sunday, very early in the morning, it is reported that women who were part of Jesus' party or Jesus' disciples, as it was a tradition, a Jewish tradition, that they should anoint the body with spices, the tomb was literally carved into a rock like this. So they, what they will do is they will carve the tomb into a rock and they will bury the body. And sometimes they used to decorate so that the tomb looks nice. But sometimes they used to just put a big stone on the on the tomb. And this lady is in the morning to try and anoint this, uh, Jesus Christ. Why would they anoint someone who's not dead? And they arrived. And when they saw that the The stone was rolled away, and they looked, and there was no one in there. They knew that something has happened. But let's go back, just very briefly. Why will someone go through such a scourge? Why will someone go through such an experience? Why will someone be willing to face The death that Jesus faced, there's only one answer, and there's one word, and that word is love. He faced it because he loves us. Now we come to the time where these ladies are not sure that they were going there rejoicing. I'm sure out of this love that Jesus has demonstrated for them, dying for them and dying for their sin. As they approach the grave and they are weeping, they are mourning, they are really sorrowful. And as they arrive there, they are surprised. The tomb is empty. There is no Jesus in the tomb. The question is, what happened? Two things could have happened. The first thing is they immediately, when people hear that Jesus is not in the tomb, the first conclusion people draw is, we knew it. The disciples must have stolen the body. Even some of the priests were saying, the disciples of Jesus must have stolen the body. Or God has raised him from the dead. But listen to this. He was not there for two reasons, really, that we know he wasn't there. The first reason is that it is reported that the women were the ones to give witness and to testify of the body not being in the grave or in the tomb. Why is this such an important thing? It is important because women were very low on a social ladder and nobody believed the testimony of women. So for the the Bible to use women as the first people who saw the body of Jesus as not being in the tomb, the only thing, the only reason they could do that, the only reason they can write that it was the women is because it was. Because if it wasn't, if this was fabricated and they made it up, they would have come up with a, a story that men would have done it because men would be believed. It wasn't about who you believe. It was the fact that it really happened. And secondly, people could go to this grave and look, and the, the body wasn't there. Both the followers of Jesus and the haters of Jesus could literally go, they knew where it was, they could look at it, and it wasn't there. So two conclusions, either they stole his body, or God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. The Jesus' appearance, the evidence of Jesus' appearance. I don't know if you know this story, just briefly. I don't know if you know this story, but it's a story about a woman called Addie My Collins, who died in 1963. Addie died because of the KKK who detonated a bomb in Birmingham, Alabama. And 24 people died that day. And Addie was one of the three girls whose body was discovered at this site. And Addie's family decided that she, her body needs to be taken and she will be buried. Addie was buried... In 1998, this is 63, 1998, the family decided because the case was still going that the, the body needed to be exhumed or the bones needed to be exhumed. That means they need to go and dig and remove the bones and go and bury the, the bones where the family wanted the bones to be buried. So, what they did was they went there to try and excavate and really get the bones of Adi out of there. And when they arrived and they dug they exhumed, to try and exhum, and they realized there was no Addie. The bones were not there. That story, even today, nobody knows what happened to Addie's bones. Even today. But not even once, not even once, not the media, not the family, not the people who were at the site ever said, God raised Addie from the dead. Do you know why? Because nobody ever saw Adi from that on, She had disappeared. But with Jesus, it was a completely different thing. Not only was his body not in the grave, but now Jesus begins to appear to many, many people. You could say, well, maybe these guys were mistaken. Maybe it was a ghost. Let me tell you this. First century people knew about ghosts. That's why when Peter was on the boat with the disciples and they saw Jesus, this is maybe a year or so before Jesus died. They saw Jesus, they said, what is that? Is that a ghost? Why would they say that if they knew they didn't know about ghosts? They knew about ghosts and they realized it was Jesus. But this time, they don't say it's a ghost. Because Jesus Christ is not only appearing, he's talking to them. He's cooking food for them. He's asking them to come and touch him so that they can be reassured that it's him. He's speaking to them. He's continuing conversations with them. He's commissioning them. And he's doing all sorts of things that a human being would do. And they still see scars of where Jesus' was, his body was pierced with nails. You could say, maybe, maybe it wasn't a ghost. Maybe, it was, maybe the people were hallucinating Let me say this. You don't get corporate hallucination. It does not happen. We can't all hallucinate in here at the same time. Do you know that? You can only get one person here hallucinating. I was going to tell a story, but we haven't got time about hallucination. That reminds me of some time. But you can't get people, all of us here, at the same time hallucinating. That is highly impossible. And Jesus Christ didn't just appear to one person. He appeared To men, and let me let me show you who he appeared to. Jesus appeared to Mary Magdalene, John 20. He appeared to other women, John 28. He appeared to Cleopas and another disciple, Luke 24. He appeared to the eleven disciples, Luke 24, to the ten apostles and others and Thomas wasn't there the doubter in John 20 he appeared to Thomas and other disciples John 20 again he appeared to the seven apostles John 21 he appeared to the disciples John 28 and then he appeared on the mount just before he ascended this is what the gospels say a man called Edward Clark a British high court judge who did a a legal analysis of, of Easter, he says, As a lawyer, I accept the gospel evidence unreservedly as the testimony of truthful men to facts that they were able to substantiate. Is it substantiated? Jesus didn't just appear according to the gospels. The passage we just read says he appeared to many. Paul says he appeared to Cephas, He appeared to the twelve. He appeared to more than 500 men. Some of them are still alive today, as Paul is writing. Just in case you want to ask, go and ask. They will tell you they saw Jesus appear. And when he says 500 men here, or brothers, it means it probably would have been 1,200 people. Because there would have been women as well. There would have been children as well. Jesus appeared to all these people at the same time. And some of them, as this was written, well, was being written, Jesus appeared. They were, these people would have been asked, are you sure you saw Jesus appear? And they would say, yes, after he was killed. He appeared to James. He appeared to all his disciples. And Paul says, he appeared to me. Who is Paul? The very man who before this had been crucifying and killing Christians because Christians kept talking about Jesus Christ. This man went and thought this people are disturbing us and they're disturbing the tradition we need to go we need to kill them now i'm gonna sign decree i'm gonna sign for these people to be killed and one day jesus appeared to the very man whose task was to disprove jesus existence he appeared to him and he did nothing else but turn his life around and follow jesus christ gerald o collins put it this way in a profound sense, Christianity without the resurrection, which means Jesus appearing, is not simply Christianity without its final chapter. It is not Christianity at all. But if he truly did die, did rise and appeared, it means those who follow him, you have found a treasure. But those who. Don't know Jesus Christ. There's an opportunity for you. Let's stand together. Just where you are, just close your eyes. If you can, I just want to pray. I want to pray for two groups of people here. With your eyes closed, just stretch up your hands. Stretch out your hands like this, if you can received from God. Some of you here, Christianity may have been a crutch for you because you need something to help you cope with your, your life. But you've never really thought about really Jesus actually doing all these things. Maybe for, for you, it was a, mythio, myth, a figure, a mythological figure who is sort of there but not there. The Bible says He ascended to the heavens. He really appeared. And He really is truly alive. And I just want to say this. God wants to speak to you. Maybe your life, your Christian life, is a little bit cold at the moment. Maybe it's a bit lukewarm. Maybe you don't contemplate of what really happened that Easter. I believe God wants to restore your life. He wants to restore you back to Himself again. And He wants to change your life. Thank you for listening. Visit www.cityhillglobal.com to find out more about City Hill Church.